Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name is Dilta Daharde, and in this podcast series, I'll be speaking to investors, advisors, recruitment entrepreneurs who are based all over the world, and we'll be discussing how to set up, scale, and operate a world-class recruitment company. Today's guest is Dara Everard. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. If you want to know more about him, jump into some of the other podcasts that I've done. Uh, I'll attach them below. Um, Dara is a friend of mine. We started out together in Robert Walters about nine years ago in Australia. And he now is a part owner of Erku, an Irish recruitment uh, business that specialises in accountancy and finance, financial services and insurance. And uh, we had uh, Dara's best recruiter on last week, Kate. So this is uh, this was taken around the same time when me and Charlotte went over to Dublin to check out the marketplace and catch up with Dara and a few of our other clients over there. This podcast is sponsored by Job Adder. It's sponsored by Hinterview and it's sponsored by IntroProtect. Job Adder is the system that we use and we've been using it since we started out. It's affordable, it's easy to use, the service is good and it just does exactly what it says on it on the tin. You know, at one stage we decided to move over to Bullhorn and it just it just wasn't a good experience. So we went back with our tail between our legs to Job Adder and I'm glad we did. Um, with interview, being an international recruitment business, we use it to, you know, document and record some of our candidates to really show who they are. Because when you're moving internationally, sometimes you can be a bit good to show a bit of commitment, and you know, a video really carries a lot more weight than a resume does. It seems strange that we're still only using resumes, like a piece of paper. The same process as thirty years ago. And the other thing we do with it is we use it for its intro. So whenever we're sending messages, I'm sure a lot of you will receive messages from me if you're a recruiter from two to five years experience on the way up. And uh, we'll have a series of intros done to hopefully get you to speak to me. So we found that that's helped our engagement. And, uh, you know, it's, it's increased some of the core stats that we run our business on. And IntroProtect, that's Backdoor Barry's company. He's the recruitment lawyer, and let me tell you, I've been on both sides with Barry. I first came across him when my terms weren't as tight as they are now, and I lost out. And instead of holding a grudge, I kept his number. So when somebody tried to cross me again, I knew that I'd have to reach out to this guy. So he set up his own business. He's retrieved a couple of fees for me. He's retrieved a few fees for my buddies. One from an American client and one from London. And, uh, and yeah, they, they've prospered quite well from it. So he specializes mainly in fee disputes and backdoor hires. So there'll be a link to his business down here as well. And again, none of these businesses pay us for sponsorship, but we do use them. And we have some good service agreements based on the sponsorship. So I'm only, I'm only shouting out things that are of benefit to our business and we use and if anybody else has a good recruitment tool that they back themselves with that they think can add to our numbers and they want to come on as a sponsor more than happy to field calls and have a chat with you and see if it is 
there's very little out there I found that can really improve your bottom line. These three I rate, but I'm open to suggestions. So if you really back your tech product, hit me up. I'll test it out. I'll give you a shout out if it works out. Okay, over to the quick interview with Dara Ervard. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I'm joined here by Dara Everard. How are you today? Good with you. I'm not too bad. We mm-hmm. just had your superstar recruiter on. Okay, yeah. She's way too good for you. <laughs> Do you reckon? Thanks, that. <laughs> Don't cover that one. <laughs> what an amazing <clears throat> recruiter. Mm. There's a couple of things that struck me. Yeah. What makes a good recruiter and stuff that she has. Yeah. She's obsessive. Yeah. She's a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And within that, I think she's really conscientious. She's yeah. really into it. Yeah. And she's like completely focused on it. Yeah. So is there anything else that sets her apart? Um, she really cares about a couple of things. She cares about her own career a lot. So it's important to her. And when, when that's in her own hands, she knows she can just drive it completely herself. So she's not relying on other people. So she knows that. that so that's control of her own career. Yeah, it? like like understanding that it is under her own control. Yeah. And then not blaming other people when things go wrong. Like I've been around Kate when she's had 20k backouts last minute. I've been yeah. around her when, you know, a 12k fee has dropped at a reference stage and she just completely accepts that it's happened and completely takes under control to fix herself. Wow. Just doesn't... You know, doesn't blame the candidate, doesn't blame the client, doesn't reach out for help from colleagues, fixes things herself. That's one. And um, the people pleasing is a big one. So her background should have told you it's customer yeah. service. Um, and like we've hired quite a few people from a customer service or retail background, and I find there's one big differentiator with the people who work well is when they've worked in relatively high end or extremely strong retail brands where they do really good training okay. where the customer service is always a huge one. Mm-hmm. So for example we've taken people from like from the shell or from Grand Thomas mm-hmm. and she worked in high end cafes where customer service was absolutely number one thing to focus yeah. on and that translates. But she studied it as well, right? Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> the yeah it was uh, it was really interesting. So I, I was asking her like how how you manage her and it, it sounds like to use a football analogy you kind of treat her like the Eric Cantona. Yeah. Like, she's earned the trust. You know that yeah. she'll deliver. You kind of let her do her own thing. Yeah. But you're there to wait as a sounding board and whenever whenever she needs a, a bit of help or guidance in a way that isn't giving direct instruction. You kind of... Yeah. It's it funny because actually managing Kate is was probably one of the biggest challenges I've had because she's probably the best performer I've had to manage. Mm. And that's that brings its own challenges because you have to completely break the mold for someone like that. Mm. Um, the, for probably the first And you can't repeat the formula with other people because yeah. no, you're not going to get somebody. <clears throat> no. Yeah. Like, I, like I catch up with her every Monday morning, as I do with everyone, but our, her meeting is completely different. Um, what? Like everyone else is more junior, yeah. they have a set structure in yeah. the first 12 months, much like she would have had. Yeah. But she, she'll set her own goals for the week. Like she'll tell me what she's doing. Yeah. I, I, I don't tell her. Like my role is just more to facilitate the right support structure for her. Yeah. And, and, and like it's interesting, I don't know if she touched on the fact that she's 
she's better at certain times of the day. No. So Kate like <clears throat> wouldn't consider herself a morning person, but she's really strong in the evening. So she hits the gym in the morning, she said. Yeah. She hits the gym in the morning, Kate comes in around 10, half 10, works till half seven, needs a bit of flexibility. When she has the office to herself, she, she's unbelievable. When she's a day at home, she's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and you can't, when someone's that high performing, you can't hold them to the same standards as everyone else. Yeah. You have to let them go. And that's when the hard part is removing yourself from it yeah. and just saying, okay, you're, you're able to do this by yourself now. You just sort of tell me what you need. Yeah. Yeah. In, interesting. <laughs> I'd say it brings, like, because when we were working in Walters together, there's no way they, they let any high performers mm. do that. <clears throat> Might give you a little bit of rope. Yeah. But essentially there's a there's a structure that you have to fill because the next person coming in can jump into that yeah and then you manage those other people they say there's a principal route there's not really mm-hmm. yeah were you conscious did did this happen by design or did it happen by kate no it really happened by kate yeah. and look if we have another superstar i think sort of the structure we might give them might, might be completely different as well yeah um and because like any office I've managed has never been more than 12 or 15 people, mm. I haven't really had that many people who work in a quirky sort of different way. Yeah. So this is the first time I've had someone who really just does things their own way and it works. But doesn't disrupt <coughs> the others. No. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah. No, definitely. And even when we, when we touch on the fact that I'm with everyone else that she has yeah. different KPIs, it's because she's done everything that they're trying to do did it to 120% and that's how she's in the position she's in. Now she just knows what works for her. Yeah. That's the big difference. We used to joke like <coughs> we were at Walters, certain Michael Frost, if we ran a recruitment business, we'd give him his own office. And yeah, just yeah. Let, him, let him do it, not try and force him in on the room. Yeah. I think he kind of learned a wee bit from observing that. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is as well for Kate is that she's in a position where she's like she's super super commercial yeah you know she's managed whatever 50 60 people before so she can add a lot to the business but i don't think she necessarily wants to just yet yeah so it's a case of sometimes i listen to a lot of what she says and take it on board because she's very astute yeah but she doesn't want to be in a position where that's her job it's interesting how you at some stage you have to kind of inspire that person to to get to that next piece i don't know i don't know if you necessarily do because you don't want to Force them into something they don't want to do. Yeah. Like, you, know, you see it a lot of time, like in the bigger like companies. Children. <laughs> you don't want to, like, start <laughs> behind the camera there. Yeah. Living in the village. She's not happy anymore. Living in the village. You are happy. Yeah, happy. You are very happy. No, but I think that's one of the big things that, like, I think if you're. You know, if you're our size, like, we're, we're, we're 12 people, we don't, we don't have a lot of the advantages that a multinational company has to offer people like Kate. So one thing we can do is we don't force them down a certain route, which, yeah. we, which I've seen a lot in the bigger companies, yeah. you know, where we worked. And, but also when you're interviewing potential group consultants, you'll see they've been just sort of coerced into management yeah. when that, that isn't the best thing for them. But it's egocentric too. Like this, like when you go in there, if you want to do, like if you don't do this, that's not success. Yeah, but I think that's, that, that was a good thing about Kate, is that she's already managed that before. Like she made a yeah. few once. I was chatting to her about her career and she's like, I don't need that on my CV. You know, I don't need the word manager. I've done that. And I think it's like, one of the things I tried to explain to Kate was probably one of the times I enjoyed the most as a recruiter was being a senior recruiter. Yeah. When you'd known to manage and you knew your market and you knew your accounts and your clients and you're making a good bonus. And that's where she's at now. So uh, you were always a claimer. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that now. This boy here. 
Climb, climb up the ladder as quickly as you can. Edit. <laughs> no, like, no, I think it is like, it is important to let people enjoy that period before you rush them in. Yeah. And like, I mean, look, we, like, I, 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 would, I could really, really do a really good manager and she would be a good manager. But to try and disrupt what she's enjoying, it wouldn't yeah. be the right thing. What do you, but, but sorry, but do you think it's important for her to know it's there? So that one of my competitors doesn't jump on LinkedIn <laughs> and offer everything that I could have. <laughs> yeah, I was asking her how often she gets head on quite often was the answer. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever take it on? Mm, depends what they <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. I want the full length version which yeah. you just talked about at the end of the clip. so uh, you had your MBO yeah. and uh, Walker and uh, Sterling Anderson changed to Erica, yep. went through all that. How are you finding everything being out here on your own, mm. not part of the big business? It's different. Yeah, yeah it has its pros and cons. Um, the, the biggest thing that hit me was cash flow. That was, that was yeah. huge um, because we're really trying to grow our temple. Like we, we've 30 temps out, yeah. 12 staff, so you have 42 people to pay every week. And you don't have Big Brother anymore to yeah. lean on. If You're not just a factoring company. No, no, I know. Yeah, we, we actually we were very close to it. We got approved. Yeah. And then we had a couple of good months that allowed us a bit of breathing space. Um, that facility is there if we need it, yeah. but we haven't had to use it yet. So well, what what would that what would it cost you to use a factoring company? It's quite expensive, isn't it? It is. Yeah, for us it was going to be about fifteen k a year. Yeah, so, which you don't need to pay. If you, which we, which you don't need to pay, but you also got a way of how much time you're spending. Doing credit control and getting cash in, yeah, and you know, you know, our average fee might be say seven and a half. So could I make two fees in the time I'm spending collecting cash? Yeah, but I think that actually helps you with then your client base. So that's one big thing that we've been good at lately yeah. is we've sacked off all our bad clients, give them to Backdoor Barry. Backdoor, <laughs> shout out to Backdoor Barry. Plug for Barry Cohen. Um, now he's been exceptional. We've given him maybe ten or twelve debts. Um, anything that was in any way recoverable is now actually physically in our bank account. Yeah. So we've been able to sack those clients off. Barry's a recruitment <clears throat> lawyer, by the way. He's been on the podcast and as Dan said, he recovers the disputed fees. Yeah, yeah. And like with minimal time for us as well. Um, but that was the big thing. Cash flow was a big one. Yeah, making sure we had enough cash was huge. Um, a lot more flexibility. You know, you don't have to apply the Australian model to Dublin. Yeah. Which doesn't really work here, I don't think. Let's jump into that. Yeah. I think I was talking to David Eyre, your, yeah. uh, your old mentor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tormentor. Um, about about, <clears throat> about the different he as a recruiter, he's very high touch. Mm-hmm. Likes it likes to touch on every part of the process, mm-hmm. every bit of client, every bit of client candidate. It's it's a lot of contact, it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of coffees, it's a lot of golf, it's a lot like yeah. It's a double market, a bit more transactional, a bit more faster pace. Is that what you're, yeah. that what you're finding? Yeah it is, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like relationships are obviously important, but clients here aren't as interested in a relationship with you. Like mm-hmm. I mean we 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 won clients in an accounting firm down the road, we placed seven accountants with them yeah. and I've never met them. Yeah. And they refuse every time. Um, Irish pe- people are quite sceptical of the placement lunch. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be schmoozed. They don't want the Aussies love it though. Love it. Love Absolutely it. love yeah. it. Um, it's different, I think, in the big companies. Like we're dealing with a lot of owner managed businesses at the moment. Yeah. The, the kind of mid tier accounting firms, mid tier insurance firms, yeah. mid tier wealth managers are our clients. Yeah. Gen- you're generally dealing with the managing director of an SME who is just completely tied on time and yeah. doesn't really want to take it out. The only time he wants to talk to us is around getting the right candidates in. 
Do you get Do you get many Aussies coming back? Have you ever had Have you had any experience of trying to integrate somebody who's just worked in Australia and come back to the business outside of yourself? Um. Yes, we have. Yeah. Yeah. And that was tough to explain to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. So, like, I would see it a lot in America when we try and put Australians over. Yeah. Like, our clients said, it's going to take us six months to speed up the process. Yeah. And make it like, kind of just. Yeah. It's it's it's, di- it's different. There's a, I don't know how to describe it, but it, it maybe it is the transactional piece. Yeah. I think as well. I think the markets. The market's so strong here that there's so many recruiters out there. Yeah. So even candidates, like, I mean, we, we would struggle sometimes to meet candidates. You know, well, if we don't, we meet them before they go for an interview, but in terms of covering them off on jobs, yeah. they don't have time. You know, there's very few candidates will meet you just to sort of see what you have. Yeah. They'll say, what have you got? And then you, if you show me five job specs I like, then I'll meet you. Where in Australia, in Australia, you'll find good candidates have relationships with four recruiters who they just keep in touch <laughs> with over the years. Yeah. I, when I was working at desk, I inherited a lot. Yeah. Of those relationships through the boss there, Joby, and yeah, like I feel like that there's a bit different here. Yeah, maybe the opportunity is greater. Yeah, I think it's just more product driven. Yeah, you know, I think the I think the market in Australia was a lot more stable. Yeah, some of the things are stable. People have more time, and relationships are important. Yeah, but I think here it's completely product driven. Yeah. Like we just need good accountants, good wealth managers. Yeah, you know that's what we need. So you've twelve people now. Yeah. Are you looking at uh, open up any new divisions anywhere where you can think like well, there's good opportunity here? Yeah. Like what type of stuff are you planning? Yeah. So we recently opened up a new division, which is office support. Um, anytime we open up a new division, we try and make it a segue into what we're already doing. Yeah. So like I recently had the opportunity to open up um, a sales and marketing division. Mm. through someone that I knew a really good strong recruiter but it just didn't really sit well with our existing client base so what we're trying to do is offer um, things that are in some way in line to what we're already offering so office support made sense yeah. because our clients are you know the professional services firms so our biggest clients are the top 20 accounting firms top 20 law firms so that's yeah. it right so BDMs within them probably is a bit thin <clears throat> no but yeah but so the office support uh, division made a lot of sense yeah. because not a lot of companies will pay recruiters for their office support staff yeah. but they will in those sort of firms yeah. because they pay good salaries and we have the clients already uh, and we're fortunate enough we've got a really good recruiter from Adeco to come in and help us set that up okay yeah and is anything further up the food chain that you're looking at or yeah there's, yeah, there's two ways we really look to grow the business one is through the growth of Tempo yeah. so 30 temps at the moment that was another reason for the office support division High temp market business, yeah, um, and then the other thing we'd like to do is to move slightly up the food chain in terms of our existing roles that we're working. Mm-hmm. So we're really strong in the fifty to eighty k space, but we do very very little work above that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the ways we could really grow things. But it's very tough, yeah, because anyone who's earning eighty k or more has relationships with three or four recruiters already, yeah. and the clients know where to go to find those people, and we we don't have a name in that market. Yeah. yeah. How much of your day is spent managing people, doing your own desk, and wor- or working on the business itself? Um, or do you just bulk do those things throughout the week? No, I, yeah, no, no, no. I, I have pockets a week that I do them. So we yeah. do we, we do a one on one with everyone on, on a Monday morning. Yeah. We catch up with it uh, as a team. And then each morning, I run half the office, still directly here, John runs the other half. Yeah. We do goals in the morning. Uh, so we have a goals meeting, five or six things. Did you get them done yesterday? Did you get them done today? And I go off and do my own thing yeah. for the day. What? Do, uh, do they lose their seat if they, uh, if they haven't done it? Not, Make them stand up for the day? No, there's no, 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 it's not that sort of environment. Yeah. It's more why. What happened? That was you, it was you, Sharon, with the haze, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, no, 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 it's not that sort of stuff. Like, a lot of time, it's the reason we're not doing this, obviously, because we prioritize some shows yes. and then we see what happens there. And then we catch up at the end of the week. So, I actually have quite a bit of time at the moment um, to work my own desk and try and talk to the recruiters. And yeah. I'm trying to do a lot of client development at the moment. So, I'm going to meet a lot of the clients that we're dealing with as much as I can or target new markets. And what are you recruiting for yourself? Uh, accountants within practice. Okay. Yeah. And so all the tax, internal audit, insolvency, compliance. Okay. Many years you doing that now? That specific? No, recruitment. Oh, recruitment, 10 years. 10 years, yeah. Eh? 10 years, yeah. It's funny because I say it on the phone all the time. Yeah. I can see the rookies turn around like, oh my God. 10 years. Look at his hair falling out. Look how stressed he is. <laughs> is that really what I want to be? And David Ayres had towards 20. <coughs> had him last week. Yeah. And the boss has been on for 40 years, I think. Uh, it, it, it's only when you say it. You realize how long it is? Yeah. It's a long time. It is, yeah. yeah. It's been good to you, though. No, it has, yeah. yeah. No, it's been good. I've, I've made a couple of decisions that have gone well, and a couple of things that have happened, fortunately, that have um, yeah, been good. Yeah, I think, I think being honest, un- unless you want to be like a career builder, mm. I think really good stuff has to happen to you in your first five years. Really? Yeah, I do, yeah, I do. Because I think, unless you're in love with the actual process of recruiting, yeah. Um, something good, your, your career has to go somewhere in the first five years, or you'll just get bored of it if you don't love it. And that, that, that's why I think so many people go internal. Yeah. Uh, why do you think so many people go internal, actually? Because um, it, it's one thing I think about a lot. Yeah. Well, a lot of people go internal because they wanted to go internal from day one. Do you reckon? Well, they, they studied HR, they studied business, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they thought, oh, I'll try this out, and they kind of get hoodwinked into recruitment. Yeah. And then they can't do the sales piece. Yeah. They don't like the pressure of the sales piece. Yeah. They don't mind the, the pre- I think there's two different types of pressure. Mm-hmm. The internal, you have pressure of administration and pleasing people. Yeah. And in this, you have the pressure of the unknown. Mm-hmm. They're like, this here, I, I wouldn't be good at the internal piece. Mm. I don't think I'd feel comfortable yeah. trying to please people all day. Yeah. I don't mind not knowing what's going to happen in my day and if it's going to affect my income. Yeah, yeah. I actually prefer it. Yeah. What do you think, Charlotte? You've, uh, you've done both sides. I think they're two totally different jobs and therefore they suit two different people. Break that down. Well, I think an internal recruitment job in any kind of at least medium or certainly large scale business is essentially a process management facilitation type of role. It's highly administrative. You know, the actual recruiting element is is quite limited. Usually it's processing large numbers of CVs, making a selection, representing, managing a number of jobs as you do that. You know, making sure that the whole process is facilitated correctly and within a quick manner you know in a startup environment i would say it's almost like a halfway house between sort of like agency and internal because you do often have to sell more in regards to the opportunity the company you're doing a lot more sort of branding and awareness Mm. um but i think recruitment and sales you know i know this gets banded around linkedin all the time i think it's sales I think agency recruitment is sales. There's no element of sales. I don't know if it is. I think it is. You're selling to your clients. You're selling to your candidates. You are facilitating a process, but in it, you're really selling to everyone along the process to make it happen and come together. Let me rephrase the question then. You would would identify yourself as an internal recruiter. I would, yeah. Yeah. What was it about, like, what in your makeup meant that you wouldn't, like survive in an agency. I don't like asking people for things. 
Well, she, yeah, I don't know. But she, she's not very tolerant. Apologies to I'm not, I'm not very tolerant. I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. Um, but I don't like asking people for things. So it's... Okay. And I think in agency recruitment, you're asking people for things all the time. Yeah. Do, do you reckon there's anything like the recruitment, like the external recruitment world can do to save external recruiters from internal? Because like, even, I, even, I do. So I was, really at the, do. I was at the Simon Lewis's retreat recently. Now, this came up and companies are splitting the yes. 360 model okay. into 180 account managers and sourcers. Okay. And then even then again, some will go account managers, sourcers, and BDMs. Yeah. And I so completely agree with that. So one person hired us and the other, the other just sources and, is, and facilities. Isn't, isn't that a Robert Half model as well? They switch yes. each week? And no, yes. they, 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 no, but they have the same person doing all three things. Yeah. This person should just yeah, yeah. be doing yeah. that. Is it working? It works. Look, it works with the temp in large scale yeah. in, in the states, and and I think in the UK it's it's working for some people. Like I've had a few meetings with people. Uh, one was MRL in Brighton, and, and they they've implemented mm-hmm. it's worked. But it it the, the tricky piece I can imagine is the the bit when that person who's making the sales, they're on the leaderboard, they're making loads of money, they're the star. Maybe the sourcer is still considered yeah. a bit of a more of a junior position. You just and have to incentivize it. Mm. Well, no, you, if you incentivize mm. it correctly, yeah, yeah. I think you just have to look at your I think, I think your pay. Aren't incentivizing it correctly. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. I completely agree. I think the 180 180 would solve a lot of that problem because yeah. I think hunters and harvesters, they're essentially quite different yeah. people in regards yeah. to what fulfills them. The, the, some of the problems there is that, like, you're taking on a cost center straight away. So when you hire a 360, you're like, okay, well, I know I can get them to profit at this point. The other one, you're like, this whole center here, it, it, it is going to pay itself off, but it's going to be a deficit because they're not going to build. I think that's where the way you, you structure the remuneration package at the back end. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, like there has to be a bit of science behind those calculations. Sure. Do you, do you know what I think? I, I, I think recruitment companies should be offered more annual leave. Like, like some of the best recruiters yeah. I know who left agency recruitment, they it was just it was a moment of weakness. Yeah. You know, they, they had a bad week, they had a bad yeah. morning, bad something. Like we like we have uh, like an extra day of annual leave every month if you hit a certain target. Yeah. So Kate gets six weeks off. And I'm for full sure that there's been some of those breaks that she's absolutely needed. Yeah. Because if there's a certain target you're hitting in agency recruitment, you're working either a lot of hours yeah. or a lot of really stressful hours. Yeah. And I think if people had more break there's mind retain a bit longer. There's a company called Heat Recruitment, I think, and I was at I was I was at a talk for Aspire in London, and he did a presentation, and uh, so many of uh, of his billers, they go on a subsidised twelve month uh, or yeah twelve month sabbatical, and so he'll pay a certain amount towards their trip. Yeah. And these guys, they're able to go around the world, go off, have a good time for a year, come back <coughs> to the business. Yeah. And I thought that's a great. Mm. I'm sure some of them don't come back, right? Yeah. But he had the stats in front of it, and these people came back and rejoined the business, yeah. and like they had that rejuvenated piece. Because you remember, especially those first few years. Yeah. Like you had, you must have burned out three or four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did three three years straight. <coughs> you know, you did a tough couple of years in Dublin, mm-hmm. and then you did like a massive bit mm. in a row. Did you have any time off? Not really, no, no, and, uh, and that's why he looks beautiful. Really. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, but, that, no but, that's, but that's been a big mistake. Mm. Like, I know myself that I haven't taken enough time off, and that's, that's been a big mistake. And that's where I think sometimes people just hit a point where they just go, this is too much. But I think, like, obviously, all sales jobs, and I, like, I would agree with recruitment is sales. Yeah. Like, it's predominantly sales. But I think it's a sales job where your product's a person. So I think it's a lot more stressful mm. than a lot of sales jobs. Yeah. And I think you do need a break because your day is so intensive. Like, you're, you're obviously dealing with people all day, but then your product's a person. So you're not yeah. dealing with furniture. You know, you're, you're constantly dealing with people, yeah. which can be really draining. And particularly then if you're in a management role, yeah. you're dealing with people internally as well. And then you start to worry about your targets and my targets and everyone's targets and the rent and everything else. <laughs> and I think it is important to have a yeah. bit of a like my my, my old boss, uh, Brian Schroeder at Dancing uh, Partnership, he used to say, try and take a week every quarter if you can, because every quarter you'll need a break if, you, if you've had a good one. Yeah, before. that's not a bad tip. No, it's not. I can imagine a week a quarter is good, mm. but you kind of break it up. You take a day here and there, get over. Yeah, you know, yeah. get over a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's had two years off, so. Yeah. I'm back working a day a week. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say five years off. This is his latest <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, Apparently, yeah. I was never in the business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, it's been great to catch up. We are going for dinner now, mm-hmm. which is great. So, we've had a great first day in Dublin, done uh, three podcasts. And I got to meet some great people. You know, one of the things we've noticed we're here, Charlotte's like, everybody's so nice. Mm. Yeah. You know, but the, the recruitment market here, well, is everybody a smiling assassin or are people generally nice? I think people are just generally happy because yeah. the market's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do some podcasts back in the session, see if yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, All right. Well, that's us. Thanks so much. Thanks. Well, a massive thank you to Dara for coming on the podcast again. Um, It's been great to follow Dara's journey from, you know, going through the ranks with Walker Anderson to being part of an MBO to now being a part owner of his own recruitment business. And, you know, they're at that that good stage in their business where they've got a good contract book, where the management team's in place, they've got some good billers, and they've got a structure for bringing juniors through. And, you know, they're really keen to get the right people on board to bring the business from that critical point of having between 12 and 14 heads to getting it up post-20 and really getting on to the next stage. So if you're interested in finding out more about that, just hit me up and I'll connect you with Dara at any stage.